What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Top 5 at 5 with your host, Johnny Quest. Today is the 1st of July, Bobby Bonija Day. Here's what you missed while you were out dodging the Rona and the news. So we start today by really just getting into a debate stage because we're going to be talking about renaming military bases. All right. So there's a defense bill going through Congress, the National Defense Authorization Act. It's ready to be voted on and a senator added an amendment to it. This amendment would, quote, change the name of 10 bases named after Confederate generals, as well as remove Confederate likenesses, symbols, and paraphernalia from defense facilities nationwide within three years, end quote. And what's interesting here is that this amendment has made its way out of committee last month with bipartisan support, actually a Republican-led Senate Armed Services Committee. But for some strange dog-whistling reason, Trump has vowed to veto this bill if it comes across his desk, and it will come across his desk. Quoting Chuck Schumer, I dare President Trump to veto the bill over Confederate base naming. It's in the bill. It has bipartisan support. It will stay in the bill. He added, I think the bottom line is what's in the bill will stay in the bill. End quote. See, because it's already there, there would need to be 60 votes to remove it. And while Republicans have the majority in the Senate, they don't have nearly 60 votes to oppose this because it seems, I don't know, like a plain situation. Even Senate Majority Whip John Thune has said, I'm not wedded to the idea that those names of those military installations are eternal. I think that you reevaluate, given the timing and circumstances and where we are in the country, who we want to revere with, you know, by naming military installations or other national monuments. And so I think you have to periodically take a look at that. And in this case, it's perhaps time to do it. So yeah, if he does does veto, that can turn into a no money for research for the Rona, no 3% pay raise for troops, and no funding for new aircraft or ships, among other things. Honestly, I, I just don't get the attachment. These, these are military bases named after secessionists, generals that fought against the North. They're only named after them, like as a nod to the postbellum South. Like, hey, I I know we whooped your asses and we each killed a lot of each other, but we're all Americans now. So let's let bygones be bygones. And you can just name that base after your loser general. But damn, 120 years later, and we're still honoring these bums. I don't get it. And an overwhelming majority of my admittedly anecdotal military social followers also don't seem to mind and they can move past it. So it's really just like old white people that don't like change, I guess. Typical conservative arguments arguments of slippery slope and don't erase history. But I'm kind of like, hey, we still teach history. There are plenty of museums where we can learn. I don't see any bases in the UK named after General George Washington or any bases in Germany or Austria named after Nazi generals. Why should we keep honoring any of these cats? But I don't know. What are your thoughts? Let, let me know those opinions. I'm asking the questions early in today's show. All right, don't you go getting any ideas, Mr. Trumpito. I know you're a listener, but the Russians are just... I, I don't know. I'm going to guess easily manipulated people or maybe just easily satisfied. But basically, the story is this. You're never going to hear the end of... 
Putin versus America. Why? Well, Russia held a referendum vote on some constitutional amendments, and basically, they've allowed Putin to stay in office until about 2036. I mean, he's already been leading Russia for almost 20 years. What's another 20, right? So basically, what they did was they reset the clock on the two-term limit. He's already going to have served two terms at the end of 2024, but now he can run for another two terms. And they also made sure that, you know, marriage is only between men and women because, hey, if you're going to have a dictator-like leader, you got to order the full dictator experience package, including policing over bedroom activities. Quote, the message of Wednesday's vote is clear. Putin is going nowhere. In a video posted on Telegram, Ramzam Kadyrov, the strongman leader of the Chechen Republic, said openly that Putin should be made president for life. So for now, Putin's presidency looks likely to end in 2036 when he'll turn 84. Is today Wacky Wednesday or something? I mean, this isn't the first time he's done this, but Ducker Carlson from Fox News last night apologized to his viewers for feeding them partisan junk food from the Republican Party and said voters should force the GOP to focus on what matters most of all, the American middle class. You've you've got to hear this, quote, middle class families are the core of this country. They are our hope for the future, our only hope. And yet both parties have shamelessly abandoned them. Republicans pretend to be their champion. You know by now they are not. Carlson said, instead of improving the lives of their voters, the party feeds them a steady diet of mindless symbolic victories, partisan junk food designed to make them feel full even as they waste away. Who cares how many Benghazi hearings we have? We're supposed to care. Why should we? How did Peter Strzok's text messages become more important than saving American jobs from foreign nationals who are taking them? It is lunacy. We fall for it every time. And to the extent this show has participated in it we apologize with deepest sincerity what the f- <laughs> did he just take the red pill and wake up i mean last week he said trump was on course to lose in november now keep in mind ducker has the most watched cable news show he's also critiqued the politicizing of the rona in the past i don't know maybe he's actually finally fed up or Maybe his advertisers are just treating him differently. Maybe he's just trying to cover up for the Ed Henry story where now another Fox News anchor was fired for sexual misconduct in the workplace. I mean, I'm not definitely giving him a pass on all the nonsense he's peddled previously, especially all his fear-mongering over immigrants, but I'll give him a chance to see if he truly shows some change in his broadcast. Well, this is kind of unexpected, I guess. So HBO, which I guess is now HBO Max, owned by Time Warner, which is now owned by AT&T. Big mess. Yeah, I know. Anyways, so HBO Max is launching a new animated show called Close Enough. It's adult themed and it's a comedy. It's about raising children and navigating careers and living through a weird divorce. It has four main characters, Josh, Emily, Alex, and Bridget. Each character, of course, has their own personality, 
So in an effort to both promote the show and give you a more interactive experience, HBO Max is, quote, partnering up with major marijuana businesses to market a line of promotional cannabis edible gummies, the entertainment giant announced. The 10 milligram THC gummies are made by the marijuana company Kana and will be available at select California dispensaries as well as can be ordered from cannabis delivery app Ease. Each blend was developed to produce effects the network says reflect the personalities of the four main characters from Close Enough, which will be streaming on HBO Max starting July 9th, end quote. And so what's really wild about this whole thing is that the show has nothing to do with weed. They're just apparently embracing cannabis culture. Check it out. Here are the descriptions. Josh, cool dad, husband, and future world famous video game designer. Josh likes to chill with his indica strawberry gummies. Emily. Emily is logical, organized, a planner. Everything her husband Josh is not. She's a loving mother and a strong working woman who tries to have it all. Busy mom Emily gets it done with her sativa pineapple gummies. Alex. Alex is Josh's neurotic best friend from high school. He lives in the walk-in closet of the apartment he shares with Josh, Emily, Candace, and Bridget, his ex-wife, but it's not a big deal. When Alex wants to get lost in thought, he stays cool and carries on with his hybrid watermelon gummies. Bridget is a glamorous social media influencer, at least in her mind. Working is more of a hobby she squeezes in between partying. Bridget stays on top of partying and her social game with her one-to-one CBD THC pink lemonade gummies. <laughs> this is hilarious and awesome at the same time. So the promotion starts on Monday and it goes through the month of July. If you live in California, there's like 20 different dispensaries to choose from. Or again, you could just order it via ease. Wow. <laughs> Never thought I'd live to see the day. Okay, so I started out the show by wishing everyone a happy Bobby Bonilla Day. And while some of you may know what I'm referring to, others don't. So I'll wrap today up quickly explaining what this meant. So first, Bobby Bonilla was a third baseman baseball player. He played for many teams, but his longest tenures were with the Pittsburgh Pirates and the New York Metropolitans. And it's that great storied franchise of the New York Mets that once a year pays Bobby Bonilla just under $1.2 million. Bobby, by the way, He's 57 years old. He hasn't played baseball since 2001. So how did he get so lucky to basically get a pension from the Mets? Dan Mullen over at ESPN explains it like this. In the year 2000, the Mets agreed to buy out the remaining $5.9 million on Bonilla's contract. However, instead of paying Bonilla the money at the time, the Mets agreed to make annual payments of nearly $1.2 million for 25 years starting July 1st, 2011, including including a negotiated 8% interest. At the time, Mets ownership was invested in a birdie Madoff scheme that promised double-digit returns, and the Mets were poised to make a significant profit if the made-out account delivered, but obviously, yeah, that didn't work out. What's even better is that Bobby has more of these, another one with the Mets, and the Orioles. That one pays him $500,000 a year. That one started in 04, though. He'll be getting these million-dollar checks until 2035. You'll be 71 at that time. So salute to you and your agent, Bobby. May we all be so lucky and wise. <laughs> 
Well, my beautiful people, those are my top five news stories of the day. And to all my Canadian listeners, all like four of you, if you made it this far, happy Canada Day. That's right. Yeah. July 1st is Canada Day, a day to celebrate the country for Canadians. Do we have something like that in America? I don't know. I guess the 4th of July, but that's more Independence Day. I don't know. I guess real Americans celebrate America every day. <laughs> I don't know. I uh, know Puerto Ricans do. But if you celebrate Canada Day today, do it with pride. So as always, remember, stay focused, stay proud, stay dedicated in all you do. Dodge the rest. Catch up with me. I got you with the news.